Hale Varsity Radio every weekday afternoon from 4 to 6 p.m. On Thursday, show from counterread.com, Brandon Vogel, former Colorado football head coach Gary Barnett, and staff writer for The Athletic, Mitch Sherman, that and more. Hale Varsity Radio is the best sports talk radio show around. Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal have you covered every weekday, 4 to 6 p.m. with Hale Varsity Radio. Welcome to Hurt at Sports Radio. Kicking off our final hour here on Hurt at Sports Radio on AM 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities, and KFOR for this third hour in Lincoln. We're brought to you by our friends at Alumni Hall, which is your ultimate Husker shopping experience. The best and largest selection of apparel for the whole family whatever you need and of course they've got their hall pass rewards so you can earn cash back as well to lincoln locations p street downtown or in south point pavilion or anytime at alumnihall.com alumni hall where husker fans shop and where nba fans go for some information is our friend ricky o'donnell of sb nation ricky how are you this morning i'm good how you guys doing we are doing good. So we're about uh, a week out from the start of the NBA season. Are how, we? How are you feeling? More. You getting excited? Yes, I think this is shaping up to be a great year. I personally feel like the NBA is at its best when there are elite teams, uh, you know, ready to go into the season. I think we've seen that with some of the recent moves. Damian Lillard going to the Milwaukee Bucks. Mm-hmm. Holiday being rerouted to the Boston Celtics. I think, you know, in the East, the Bucks and the Celtics start the year as the clear class of the conference. In the West, you got the Nuggets and the Suns as the two teams to beat. So I think just having, you know, four elite squads heading into the year, having a bunch of really good teams below them trying to, you know, pull off an upset heading into the year to, uh, you know, break into the conference finals is going to be a fun storyline to watch. What team is going to emerge as a challenger to those four? Will those four teams? you know, live up to the hype this year. So I think we're set up for another really fun season, and I can't wait for it to get underway. Ricky, I'm I'm curious. Could I make the argument that the Drew Holiday acquisition by the Celtics has just as much impact on a potential NBA title as the Damian Lillard acquisition by the Bucks? Yeah, I think if you're the Bucks, seeing Holiday end up in Boston is just sort of the nightmare scenario. Like, there's no doubt the Bucks. Uh, Had no really, intention of that happening. <laughs> yeah, I think that, you know, the, the Bucks just needed to get better themselves. And if you've watched the Bucks in the playoffs the last few years, the half-court offense has just been such an issue mm-hmm. deep in the season. Damian Lillard solves all those problems immediately with his pull-up shooting, with his pick-and-roll playmaking. Him and Giannis should have the best two-man game in the NBA. Uh, but to lose a defensive piece like Holiday was always going to be tough, and to see him go to your arch rival inside the conference in Boston is just a really tough blow, I think, for the Bucks. Holiday has had one excellent playoff series against Damian Lillard in the past. He's the type of sort of big physical guard who can give Lillard some issues. Uh, it's going to be fascinating theater, I think, just from like the perspective of a fan to watch Holiday. Uh, get traded from Milwaukee and then go to Boston, and those two teams are probably going to be playing for a spot in the NBA Finals this year. Uh, I think that, you know, Holiday is in a wonderful spot in Boston right now. He isn't going to really be counted on 
to provide too much offense or on-ball creation. Instead, he slots in very nicely as a connective piece between Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. He can really help fortify that defense. And, man, if you're Boston, you can throw Drew Holiday at Damian Lillard. You could throw Derek White at Damian Lillard. You could throw more size at him uh, with Tatum. So I think they have a lot of weapons for Lillard. Um, now, how many do they have for Giannis without Grant Williams, who left his offseason to go to the Dallas Mavericks? I think that'll be fascinating to watch. But, yeah, it's going to be great theater for fans, that's for sure. How big of an upgrade, if any, is Drew Holiday over Marcus Smart, who I know there was a lot of consternation about with certain Celtics fans about him leaving in the offseason as well? Seems like they replaced everything that Marcus Smart brought to the table and maybe a little more. Yeah, I think Holiday's definitely a better player than Marcus Smart. They are very similar for sure. Neither is natural point guards. Both are, you know, big, physical, rugged, defense-first guards. Mm-hmm. And while Holiday really struggled in the playoffs last season, he was incredible in the regular season. So, you know, I think that if you're Boston, you just sort of hope that uh, some of the bad playoff runs Holiday has had has just been an aberration that – uh, you know, you can put him in a better role in Boston now, and uh, maybe you can get better performance out of him in the postseason. But I do think Holiday, you know, he's a little better shooter than Marcus Smart, I think. I think he's a little bit better playmaker off the dribble. Mm-hmm. So in everything they lost in Smart to acquire Kristaps Porzingis, a stretch five, a third offensive option that they really thought they needed, uh, to be able to replace that with a similar and even better player in Drew Holiday is just, Really an incredible stroke of luck for Boston that, you know, Holiday was available this late in the offseason. You mentioned a couple guys there, or a couple teams in the West uh, in terms of Phoenix and Denver. Is there, I guess, how much does the needle move for you with, with CP3 going to the Warriors, or is that just kind of a, I mean, did that, that felt a little desperate to me with a, what's a pretty old team now. Does that, does that put them in the conversation at all? I think that the Warriors made that move mostly to get off Jordan Poole's contract. I think like the you know there's only so many players you can actually trade Jordan Poole for sure. because uh, his salary was so big. So being able to get out of that long-term contract only one year after he signed it, CP3 just gives him more flexibility. He's a veteran player who you sort of know what you're getting from CP3, even at his advanced age. He's not going to be able to play a ton of minutes, mm-hmm. but... You know, he'll take care of the ball. He'll give you some pull-up shooting. He'll definitely give you some pick-and-roll playmaking. So I thought that was a pretty good move for the Warriors. I would have loved to see the Warriors trade CP3 to try to get Drew Holiday. You know, package Mm. CP3, a pick, maybe Jonathan Kaminga or Moses Moody to try to get into the Holiday sweepstakes. Because for the Warriors, they're only playing for championships right now, as long as you still got Steph Curry, who remains uh, pretty close to the top of his game. So... The Warriors, to me, you know, if you're trying to pick a third team out West, they're probably the safest bet just because we've seen them win so many championships before. Curry is still, you know, at the elite tier. Uh, I don't know how much CP3 moves the needle, but, man, Jordan Poole took a lot off the floor last year. He was a brutal defensive player. His shot selection was very questionable. So just that could be addition by subtraction. Uh, And then I think, you know, Paul will give them some good backup point guard minutes. It seems like he's going to start, which to me is a mistake. I think Chris Paul should be coming off the bench for this Golden State team, but uh, Steve Kerr will eventually figure out the rotation by playoff time, have everyone in the right spots. and Yeah, I expect Golden State to be very good this year once again. 
Ricky, something I always think about is how special the next decade or two will be as we watch the old greats get filtered out and the new become faces of the league. If there is comparison, who are some young names to watch that are next in line to compete with the stats of guys like Steph, KD, or LeBron? And I know that sounds outrageous to say, uh, but can those numbers be touched, and when do you think those numbers will be touched? Yeah, I'm not sure if, you know, if you're just looking at the basic counting stats, you know, if anyone's going to be able to eclipse those guys just because they've been so great for so long. Sure. But there's so much exciting young talent in the league right now, and I think that, uh, you know, it's really – this the young talent currently entering the league is really going to change the way basketball is played, I think, over the next – 10, 15 years, uh, you could start with Victor Wembanyama. Sure. Was absolutely crazy in his first few preseason games. Measured seven foot four barefoot. He's able to handle the ball <laughs> like a guard. There's never been a player this tall who's this fluid athletically. Think of like Sean Bradley, Taco Fall. These guys have been the only players as tall as Wembanyama, and there's no way they can move like him. They're also not as skilled as him. Wembanyama is a legitimate movement three point shooter. Uh, who's running off screens and, like, squaring himself to the basket, knocking down shots with range. He's just looked so good so far in the preseason. I do think that there'll be times when he'll struggle for sure. I think he's going to, you know, take some tough shots in the mid-range and really try to, like, flush out his one-on-one scoring ability. But at the rim, he should be so dominant, and I think Wembenyama is going to be really fun to watch. A few other names around the league who I think will be uh, really enticing to monitor. Evan Mobley entering his third season this year with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Seven-footer who can play all over the floor on both ends of the floor. Uh, Chet Holmgren, another one of those guys, seven-foot, who can shoot threes, who can put a lid on the rim, who dunks everything inside. Just having a chess piece like Mobley, Wembenyama, Chet Holmgren, I think it's really going to unlock multiple layers of how you can play the game, uh, given the versatility of a big man like that. It's going to be so much fun. To watch those guys come into their own. I'm excited for Paolo Bancaro in mm. his second season. Uh, he was really good with the Magic as a rookie. Huge 6'10", 250-pound forward uh, with just a really diverse offensive skill set. And you got to be excited for Scoot Henderson, too, who's also looked awesome, is the number three overall pick for the Blazers this offseason. He's taking over for Damian Lillard. He's going to be the face of the franchise now in Portland. No pressure, kid, for a young point guard. That's a Lillard, but you know, Scoot's a different player. He doesn't have the shooting that Lillard has, uh, but he's a much bigger, stronger guard and more explosive going to the basket. Perhaps I think that that'll be uh, another really fun player to watch too. Ricky, another one of those players that not that long ago was probably in that conversation was Zion Williamson, who's battled injuries and being in shape and all of these things. Where are you at with Zion and his ability to reach his, what I still think is a prodigious ceiling, although the chances of him becoming that guy seem to be waning year by year. How are you processing this? You know, we're in that time of year where Zion's in the greatest shape of his life again. How how are you kind of expecting his career to progress? Yeah, well, the thing with Zion's still only 23 years old. Yeah. But he just hasn't played any basketball lately. I mean, not a lot, no. He played one season where he played a reasonable amount of games. It was the 2021 season. I believe he played 62 of the 71 games or something that year. Mm -hmm. Uh, In that season, when he was 21, I believe, or 20, he was electric. Yeah, phenomenal. He was an all-NBA-level performer. 
since then, you know, he's missed a full season. Last year, the Pelicans with Zion on the floor were in first place in the West, you know, 20 games into the year, and then Zion doesn't play again, and the Pelicans fall apart. So I think that Zion honestly has MVP potential uh, if he's fully healthy. I think that there are still some holes in his game. He's not really a complete player, but nobody is better at scoring at the rim. The guy is just an absolute tank at getting into the paint and finishing in the paint. Uh, and, you know, he's, he's just a really, really talented interior scorer if he can play. So it's tough for me to sit here and say, oh, I think, you know, Zion's actually going to be able to stay healthy this year because we just haven't seen that. Sure. Uh, hopefully his body can, you know, withstand the punishment you have to go through in the NBA, but he's got to prove that. So I think if Zion uh, plays, you know, the Pelicans should be in a very good team and Zion should put up some absolutely incredible numbers, but, uh, you know, we have to see it. And at this point, we haven't. I'm hoping this is the year Zion stays healthy and really makes his superstar leap, but uh, we'll see. Ricky, I'm curious about another guy that maybe a little bit of the shine's come off on, although not because of his availability, and that's Luka Doncic, who um, I, I think some people still I, – I think a lot of people still think he has MVP potential, but the way his seasons have gone have not been super impressive in terms of the amount of winning that's been done. Um, how do you feel about kind of the pieces that Dallas has put around Luka this year it seems like they've sort of struggled to figure out what's the best team to build around him. Yeah, they've had trouble building around him, dating back to their trade for Chris Stapp's Porzingis, right? Like, that was their first all-in move to try to get him a co-star. That didn't work out. You know, you had Jalen Brunson as a guy you developed. They didn't want to pay him. He needs to go to the Knicks, had an incredible year. Now you got Kyrie Irving in there. Uh, the Mavericks are interesting. Like, Luka's basically as good as any player in the league. Uh, or close to it, and I think that you know he should be set up for another fantastic season. I like the on-court fit with Kyrie, but again, similar to Zion, but for totally different reasons. Kyrie's general availability every year is always seems to be under question. I think they definitely need a really good year from Kyrie. And then who's the Mavericks' third best player? Even like, I guess it's Grant Williams, who's basically <laughs> out of the rotation. I, I guess, out last yeah. Year. Uh, you know, you still got Dwight Powell there at center. They added a couple rookies who I think could be decent uh, long-term, but, you know, how much a rookie's going to be able to contribute early in their careers. Yeah, the Mavericks, to me, they're going to be a solid team. They obviously have an elite player in Luka, but, like, what are they doing to set Luka up for championships both in the near term and in the long term? Like, if I'm Luka, I'm sort of looking around here like, do I trust the Mavericks to build around me to get me a championship, or do I need to eventually go somewhere else? So, uh, Luca's fantastic. There's no doubt about it. Is he a perfect player? No. You know, he's not great off the ball. Uh, he's not always in fantastic shape. His defense can wane, but with the ball in his hands, Luca's absolutely a magician. So, uh, I think the Mavericks will have a chance as long as they have Luka Doncic, but it's sort of tough to look at them this year. Given that, you know, after Kyrie, they don't have a ton of talent around Luka and think that the Mavericks are going to compete deep in the playoffs again. Ricky, last thing from me. Who's a team on the rise this season? One that maybe missed playoff contention last season, but is also one you like to take that next step? Yeah, it's got to be the Thunder. I love the Thunder this year. Shea Gilgis-Alexander is a top 10 player in the league. If anyone watched the FIBA World Cup, he was unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Canada is a 6'5", 6'6 point guard. 
who can just get wherever he wants on the floor. Uh, so I think, you know, he's a lead engine, the type of lead engine you need to make a deep playoff run. And I'm very excited for Chet Holmgren coming in this year, seven-footer uh, who just has a really diverse skill set. I think he's going to be an awesome shot blocker for them. I think that he's going to be able to stretch the floor as a three-point shooter. He'll be able to handle the ball a little bit too, which will give him another dimension. So, uh, you know, you look around what else is there in OKC. you got Jalen Williams coming off a great rookie season. You have Josh Giddy entering his third year as a big guard who's a wonderful passer. Uh, and they just have, like, a collection of pretty interesting young guys who they're just sort of waiting to see how the rotation shakes out. So I love the Thunder coming into this year. I think that, you know, last year we saw an eight seed make the conference fi- or an eight seed make the NBA finals. Mm-hmm. Not a seven seed make the conference finals in the West with the Lakers. Why not the Thunder? Like, why mm-hmm. can't they go on a run uh, to the conference finals this year? Obviously, it's a young team, and it's a lot easier to do that type of stuff when you got Jimmy Butler or LeBron James. But uh, I think OKC is a team on the rise, and this should be the first year of their ascent. Ricky, we'll get you out of here on this. There was a study recently put out by the NBA that load management doesn't really reduce injuries the way they had been kind of acting like it had or had previously thought it had been. Do you think that actually changes the way we see teams handle their superstars, or is this kind of more of the NBA just really trying to get people on TV more often? Yeah, of course the NBA is going to say that load management doesn't, <laughs> doesn't benefit the players because, like you said, the NBA wants the players playing especially premium games that are on national television. You know, I get it from the perspective of a fan. It stinks to have the Pelicans on TV all the time and Zion never plays, or it stinks to – you know, put the Clippers on TV and Kawhi's not out there, Paul George isn't out there. Uh, I just don't really know how you can stop it. Like, the real problem is that the season's too long. You know, yeah. college basketball, what do you play, 35 games? In high school basketball, you play 35 games, you know. And in the NBA, you play 82 before the playoffs, which are three months long right. if you keep winning. So uh, why do they play so many more games? Well, so they can make so much more money. <laughs> I think, you know, with the television contracts, with sold-out stadiums, like, that, that's just the problem with player health in the league. Uh, there's People say, like, oh, well, look at the 90s. Those guys played all the time or even you know earlier than the 90s. But uh, there's so much more space to defend now in terms of like how the game is spread out. That puts a lot more strain on players' bodies, in my opinion. Uh, it's very difficult with just you know how the league has expanded, uh, the travel, back-to-back, the four games and five nights that some of these players have to endure. So... Uh, Will players play more often and stop resting? It's possible, but at the end of the day, the NBA has created a culture where it's win a ring or you're a failure. And when that's your mindset, it does sort of diminish the regular season. So I would love to see players rest less, play more. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, you got to prioritize winning a championship, having your guys healthy for the playoff time. So. I'm not really sure how that's going to play out, but it'll be fascinating to see. Ricky, I'm glad you brought up the 80s and 90s because I have... That's when he was born. Well, I yes, yeah, I was an <laughs> 80s baby right here. But I have, I'm on this crusade because people think that the NBA was so much more defensive-minded and stuff like that. If you actually watch the games and not just the hard fouls, there was not a whole lot of defense being played for a lot of those games. And like you said, almost all the defense was packed in inside the three-point line. It was 
a much less physically demanding game on a play-in, play-out basis. And we kind of just confused that because people used to get hammered going to the hoop every once in a while. Like, am I crazy or is that real? No, I totally agree with you. Just the fact that now, you know, teams play so much faster. Every year it seems like, you know, we set a new record for offensive efficiency. If you were to ask someone, you know, who's the best offense in NBA history, I don't know, you might be thinking Michael Jordan, Foles, Magic Johnson, Lakers. But really it was last year's Sacramento Kings in terms of <laughs> offensive race. So, right. You know, the game gets faster, the teams shoot more three-pointers. Now what we've seen is, like, the players are now tailoring their talent to what the teams need. Like, yeah. These players have grown up watching, you know, Chris Epps, Porzingis, and Carl Towns, and all these bigs who can shoot all over the floor. And now players, I think, are really young players are coming into the league with a more complete skill set in a lot of cases. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think that, you know, just like the demands of having to navigate screens 30 feet from the basket and, uh, you know, just having to cover all that space against teams that are playing with so much more pace, I think is uh, really strenuous on players' bodies. So I'm with you. I think uh, to say that no one plays defense in the NBA now is absolutely crazy. The hard fouls should not be the thing people are coming back to. Uh, I think, you know, the game's in a really good place right now, uh, both for this season and long term, just in terms of the young talent coming into the league. Ricky O'Donnell, SB Nation, we appreciate your time, and hopefully we'll catch up again later in the season. Thanks, Ricky. Thanks. Great stuff there from Ricky O'Donnell. I know the old heads are going to come at me for my 80s and 90s take, <laughs> but it's just true. Like, people watch highlights from the 80s and 90s in the NBA, and they see these hard fouls, or they see these – they're watching these playoff games, right? Like, yeah, the playoffs. Play the playoffs, they're watching Celtics and Lakers from, you know, the 80s, and it's super intense, right? But if you just watch some rake random regular season basketball games from the 80s and 90s, and I do that sometimes because I'm a little bit of a sicko. I don't. I, that's okay. It's, it doesn't help anybody. It does, there's no need for it at all. I have a problem. Um, <laughs> but I do it sometimes. You just like to get mad. Yeah, and you just, you just see these wide open spaces. Guys are just standing straight up on defense. Like the level of defense played on a play-in, play-out basis on a night-in, night-out basis in the NBA is so much higher now than it ever has been because, and part of it is because there's so much more money at stake. Like, that's a lot of it, right? There maybe, is so much more money at stake than there ever has been that these guys play harder than they ever have. That's just true. Maybe it was the gap in level of, uh, you know, between the best player and the worst player of the game. Oh, are you there. talking about athleticism over there, Shane? Possibly. Yeah, we had a lot. We have a lot of gymnasts playing in the NBA now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> No, no, you're I'm saying just, that I'm from the top of the league to the bottom of the league, you're saying there was a bigger gap than there is now. Is that yes. right, Shane? No, I agree with that. The, the league is more talented than it's ever been. The top of the league's always been really good, right? There's mm -hmm. been super high-level sure. talented guys. But the bottom of the league is way better than it's ever been. Like, the bottom of the league – there's guys today at the bottom of the league that would have been, like, borderline all-stars not that long ago. And they're just barely hanging on for dear life to have an NBA career now. It's – I don't know that people appreciate that. And listen, if you're not an NBA fan, like that's cool. I, I like that's your preference, whatever. I love basketball, and if you actually watch this stuff, it is a dramatically better product than it's ever been. Like it, if you just like basketball, if you like the hard fouls, you want to see people get beat up and clothesline, and Kurt Rambis getting put on his butt during the playoffs. Like, yeah, you're not going to get that anymore. Sorry, bud. Go watch hockey. Like, <laughs> it's like if that's what you want, go watch hockey, and yeah, that's great. Like if that's, I, I'm not hating if that's what you want, but if you want to watch good basketball, it's better than it's ever been. Ravi, tell me how you really feel. Well, that's, that's, the, that's the job. <laughs> 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 All 
I'll go watch hockey. Uh, yeah. That's fine. I'll go watch hockey from the 80s and 90s. That's fine. Listen, hockey's great. We're all here for hockey. <laughs> We're also here for our friends at Dingman's Collision Center. They have been in business for 25 years in Omaha, 18 straight years, best of Omaha, first place, family-owned and operated. They've got the latest technology. They can work on anything from Fords to Teslas. They don't care if you're an NBA fan, gymnast fan, hockey fan, whatever. <laughs> They've got you covered. Decathlon fans. And they give back to the community with every car repaired. Go check out dingmans.com for more information. Coming up next, it's time to play a game. Let's play a game. Our Shane's World. Our MC Andrew Rogers will have us covered here in just a minute. More on Hernet Sports Radio coming up next. Hail Varsity Radio every weekday afternoon from 4 to 6 p.m. On Thursday, show from counterread.com, Brandon Vogel, former Colorado football head coach Gary Barnett, and staff writer for The Athletic, Mitch Sherman, that and more. Hail Varsity Radio is the best sports talk radio show around. Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal have you covered every weekday, 4 to 6 p.m. with Hail Varsity Radio.